morning. Today, uh, it is a blessing and a privilege to be here with our family. I believe last time I was here alone, and this is Anya, and uh, the one you see us chasing around, that's Chase. Um, why don't you stand over here, Hans, so I can see you. So, uh, like I said, uh, Alexander and Leah Perez, Anya and Chase, and we are part of Belize Camping Experience. Our vision as a ministry is to see Belize change Belize by discipling children and youth through Jesus Christ. And how we go about doing that is running day camp programs in our, Belize, in, in our city, Belize City, and using Belizean youth from across the country to do that. So how the program looks is in the morning we divide the youth up into two or three different groups, send to our partners across the city to do um, VBS-style day camps there. Then in the, afternoon, in the afternoon, the youth come back and they get a little bit of a break. They get time to prepare for the next day. And we feed into them, literally, with food and with devotionals and some discipleship things. Throughout the year, we then go back as a ministry and we follow up with the club leaders, making sure the children are continuing to be reached, and also with the youth who came, making sure they keep putting into practice the service things they learned through the summertime. So that's a little glimpse into our ministry. Um, one of the things that is so important to us is teaching the children to not only know the gospel, put it into practice, but we never want to take it for granted that there are children who don't know the gospel even though we are considered a Christian nation. And so one thing that we've developed is something called the gospel hand motions that we would like to do for you today. All right, so I'm just going to put that down. Hopefully you can still hear And this is how it goes. Are you ready? It goes, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, but man sinned and broke our relationship with God. But there's good news. God became man in Christ Jesus. He lived the life we should have lived. He died the death we should have died. But three days later, he rose from the dead, proving he is the Son of God and offering the free gift of salvation to everyone who repents and believes this good news. So, Anya, what does, what does repent mean? That's a, that's a big word. We always have to kind of explain that to the kids. What does that mean? That means that when you say, sorry, sorry, that's not repent. You have to turn around. Yeah, I have to turn around away from our sins. We always explain the action for this is that you have to um, confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead and you'll be saved. And so it's a fun way that we not only teach our youth and children what the gospel is, but an easy way that they can go home and teach it to um, their friends and their parents and their community. So we're very excited. Lots of changes in our ministry. Um, always trying to be more creative in how we go about serving our people. Something else that we've tried to be creative about is also finding ways to engage our nation and our support communities like ourselves when it comes to funding and, and resourcing the ministry. Something new that we are doing is called resource campaigning. So instead of just going and asking, you know, can you, can you be part of the ministry by giving funds? And that's always needed. We won't say no to that. But there's so much more that people can do. Um, we got fancy this year and made a little booth out back if you haven't seen it yet. And out there is different cards like this. Do you want to hold those? 
different cards like this with different things that maybe you're inspired to support the ministry through. We have an Amazon wish list, and on there you can see a different variety of things um, for our ministry. We would continue to share the gospel if we didn't have anything. But if you're willing, there are some items that can help us um, add quality and excitement to our programs. There's things like um, water balloons, leadership books. We don't have any bookstores in our entire country, let alone Christian bookstores. So if you have Christian leadership or um, youth ministry, children ministry books sitting on your shelves, we would gladly like to take them to Belize. If you're coming to Belize and you want to bring a suitcase of books or board games that we um, that we are in need of, um, it's another opportunity for you to serve that way. So check it out. And of course, there are opportunities to serve with us. Um, there are summer opportunities for young adults to come for two, three months. And there are opportunities for families or um, older couples to come and join us in various ways. And so if you feel called um, in that way, we would love to talk to you more about that. Now I'm going to hand it over to Alexander. Um, today he's going to be talking out of um, Luke 2. So if you have your Bibles and you want to scroll or flip, however you do it, over to Luke 2, verses 41 to the end of the chapter. And you can follow along. <clears throat> Luke 2, verse 41, says this. Every year, Jesus' parents went to Jerusalem for the festival of the Passover. When he was 12 years old, they went up to the festival according to the custom. After the festival was over, while his parents were returning home, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem, but they were unaware of it. Thinking he was in their company, they traveled on for a day. Then they began looking for him among the relatives and friends. When they did not find him, they went back to Jerusalem to look for him. After three days, they found him in the temple courts, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. Everyone who heard him was amazed at his understanding and his answers. When his parents saw him, they were astonished. His mother said to him, Son, why have you treated us like this? Your father and I have been anxiously searching for you. Why were you searching for me, he asked. Didn't you know that I had to be in my father's house? But they did not understand what he was saying to them. Then he went down to Nazareth with them and was obedient to them. But his mother treasured all these things in her heart. And Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. So this morning, Alexander will be sharing with you from this passage, as well as a little bit of why we have such a heart for the work that we do. One of the greatest blessings that I have as a husband and as a father is to be in a ministry together as a family. Uh, not me sacrificing it, sacrificing ministry for my family, but together as one, uh, we don't sacrifice ourselves for the ministry. God has been really good to us. We have been having very nice very nice warm house with Pete and Nancy. And, you know, in Belize, we don't get this type of weather, guys. Like, it's, it's warm, warm, warm. And then it's hurricane season. As soon as it stops raining, you start sweating. So we need to come to a country that we can, uh, um, we can cool down. <laughs> Belize is definitely a hot country. And where we live is definitely... Um, a place that is, is, 
has a lot of dark to it. Uh, the places that we minister, there's a lot of crimes happening in those places. Uh, we have a lot of poverty happening there. And in fact, in the whole country, we have, um, we have something really crazy happening is that drug planes are landing at night uh, in the highways. Uh, I can go on, but to tell you that uh, this, is, this is true, there was a documentary that just came out in Netflix about Belize City and the prison. And that's going to give you a little glimpse that the darker it gets, if the darker it gets, the brighter the light shines. And that's why we are in that place. Because in that place is where we find some of the most amazing, loving people who are willing to give everything for the Lord Jesus Christ. They live in that city. And it's a blessing to live there. I know you might wonder, man, it's like, you don't talk like Belizean or... Well, I'm not a Belizean, guys. But I want to tell you a little bit of the story. If you have, if you have that verse... Uh, I get my notes confused here. Um, right here. In that verse in Luke 2.28, when Jesus, when Mary found Jesus, uh, it, was, it was really incredible because the scripture says that, that Mary said, that son, why are you treating us like this? Don't you know that me and your father are anxious? You know, if you read this same verse in, in, uh, in the King James, uh, the King James says in verse 49, he says this, why did you seek me? Jesus said, didn't you know that I must be about my father's business? I've been reading this scripture over and over and, and studying. Uh, there's, there's so much in this part of scripture when Jesus uh, said to Mary these words. He says, why? Don't you know my business is my, my father's business is my business too? You see, Mary and Joseph did not understand what Jesus was saying. It was... That was the moment, that was the moment where, where Mary and, and Joseph couldn't understand because it was a moment that Jesus understood why he was there for. It was the ultimate moment that took Jesus to larger experience in his life. And if you read verse 50, it says that Joseph and Mary didn't understand like it says it's right there. They, they had no idea how Jesus, this, they knew the story about Jesus, but they didn't know how Jesus Christ was going to fulfill the promise of bringing redemption through to humanity. You see, when I read this story about Jesus being in the temple, man, something happened to Jesus there that he got pretty passionate that there was nothing that was going to stop him because he aligned his, his passion with God's plan. And there was no one that was going to stop Jesus to fulfill that. And I want to share this morning to you. You probably see me there or I come here. I think this is my third time. If I cause any trouble today, uh, it's Pete. 
And I can, uh, since Pastor Ike is not here today, I'm, yeah, I'm going to get away with some things. <laughs> Bye, Ike. <laughs> My story starts like this, guys. I am not a Belizean. I was born in Guatemala. In 1981, there was wars happening in Guatemala and Salvador. And the Lord protected me through that war. And my mom smuggled me in the country of Belize at the age of one year old. While I, I lived there, I remember, guys, I remember being in Rio Hondo. It's a river that separates Belize and Mexico. Waving to my mom, saying goodbye, because she went to the United States, where things are much better. And my mom left me with a fortune-telling woman in Belize. She never left me with a single document that I was from Guatemala. She left me there. And until this day, my mom had never come back to Belize. I don't want to tell you that story because growing in a country without identification is really complicated, guys. And I think it's way more complicated here in Canada than in Belize. But raising up, I give a lot of trouble. And I believe that why I give a lot of trouble is because I didn't understand why people didn't love me, why this fortune-telling lady didn't love me. I never experienced motherly and fatherly love like you guys did, like you junior youth or the kids did. And I wanted that. So I had to work. Uh, and I had to work to survive, brothers. Like, if I don't work, I don't eat. Growing, it was very hard. But I remember clear that I had hope. You know what was my hope? that one day I'm going to get to United States and there my mother is waiting for me. Because there in America, man, you get the Nike shoes. You eat Burger King. <laughs> man, all those commercials that we get in Belize, they're all North American movies, everything. I had so much hope in my mom, guys, that this was going to finish. And so I decided to go and look for my mom you hear that there's a lot of hundreds of immigrants right across your neighbor, hundreds of Hondurans and Guatemalans trying to get in in the United States. Pray for their journey. That's tough, guys. We pray for journeys when we're traveling, but that journey is hard. And at the age of 17, I decided to go. And I remember clearly I got caught. And this policeman said, um, no, I'm not letting you go. I tried bribing him. I'm not going to stain my hands with blood. He locked me into this little cell, and I can clearly remember it, Pete. It was full of graffiti, of writing in every kind of colors. And I, there I found a little place where I wrote my name, and I says, I am a Belizean, and I'm going home. But it got tougher, guys, because after two hours... They cut six more. And there is where I got very nervous because it took us from that small little cell to the big prison. 
And I, going to this prison, the guys that they cut, they says, you're young, man up. Don't show weakness. Guys, none of you guys want to be in prison. Don't even try to go there. And as I get into this, into this big prison, four in the morning, guys, I was shaking. I, I couldn't stop it. I was so nervous. And the police, the, the officer asked me, where are you from? You know, they're getting your information. I said, I'm from Belize. You don't look like Belizean. He asked me three times, where are you from? I am from Belize. I say, you see, here, we don't catch Belizeans. Every six months, we just catch one. And we just send a group of them of ten. Sometimes we take two to three years to catch ten Belizeans to send them home. Where are you from? I am from Guatemala. And I said, I'm from Melchor, which is the neighboring little village between Belize and, Guat and, and Guatemala. And he says, yeah, Belizeans are a little bit smarter than you. Here, they shipped me to Guatemala. And I remember, guys, I remember coming to Guatemala and, and my, my home, my bird country, they said, you're not Belizean. You don't speak like me. You don't smell like us. We can't even understand your Spanish. I paid a fine, and they let me go in this, in this city of lone indigenous people. And in the same bus that I was going when I was shipped, uh, these guys came and said, Hey, Belizean, we're going to help you. We're gonna, let's get to Guatemala City, and then you can go home. Guys, you don't understand. Like, when you're in those countries and you're coming here, some guys stop there, and they pack their bags, and they try again. And they say, No, I'm going home. I get to Guatemala City, I was so tired, guys. We were so exhausted, I fell asleep. And these same guys that were helping me robbed me. I've never been in Guatemala City, and that place is a scary place. And I got robbed. And here I'm outside the bus terminal, and I really didn't know what to do, John. And the only thing I did is to get down on the floor and and take my knees and cry. And I say, no, I got to work and get back home. And one of these guys comes and say, we stole your money, but I bought you your bus ticket to go back to your country. And I give him a big hug and I say, thank you. Thank you so much. That's the only thing I need. I just need to get back to Belize. After so many days, I arrived to Belize, and the only place I knew where to come was the fortune-telling lady. She helped me, guys, when I was a baby. She was the lady that I knew. So I came to her house, and I clearly remember she was watering the plants. And here I'm coming in. And she, and she, took, she took a two-by-four, and she beat the heck out of me. Yes, I was hungry, I was sad, and I was broken. But the only thing I needed from this lady was a little pinch of love. I went into this room just having the worst thoughts you could ever imagine. I wanted, I wanted to hurt this lady. And I was too contemplating to take away my life. 
Because that's what the devil wants us to do, is to take away the life that he has given us. And in that very room, something happened to me, guys. Something happened to me. A voice spoke to me. That voice, it was just me who heard it. And he said, I love you. Alexander, I love you. You are my son. And I look in the window, and I'm trying to see if it's someone in the window, but the voice was so powerful that it gave me goosebumps. And it was, it was God speaking to me there. And it was in that moment that I reflected how Jesus protected me. God protected me, guys. But I also realized that not that I just didn't have a home, I didn't know who my parents were. I didn't have, I was in Belizean. It touched me that I realized that I am an orphan. I want, does the Bible talk about orphans? God loves orphans. <laughs> and he said he loved me. And that changed everything for me. How many of you have met Jesus on your lowest point of your life? You don't have to go there, guys. You can meet Jesus right now. You don't have to go through a bankruptcy and through a terrible testimony the way I did. Broken marriages and you don't go there. It hurts. That was my first encounter. And when I, when I met him there, I remember going to find him. I seek him. And I found him in a small little church. And I felt that same voice speaking to me. And I committed. And I committed. And I went to university. And one day the opportunity came for me to go to Steinbach Bible College. I dropped my university. I left my little business that I had at home. And I said, Lord, I'm going to follow you. I want to find who your son Jesus Christ is and what he had done for me. Man, guys, I didn't know Mennonites in Belize. They were right close to me, but I didn't know them. Until when I came to Manitoba and I get a bowl of soup and it had no flavor. I said, man, I didn't brought my hot sauce. <laughs> I was there three months and I was ready to go back to Belize because... I couldn't understand this culture. But the Lord had a lot of grace. People that encouraged me. He equipped me there, guys. And one of the greatest privileges, and I want to say this to you, to the marriage couples, find where you want to serve because uh, I met Leah there and she wanted her passion to spread the gospel, like to, to tell especially youths and young people that Jesus Christ loved them. You see, guys, what happened is that when you find your passion in Jesus Christ, you align your purpose to God's plan. And God's plan is that he wants us to glorify his name. If he wants us to love people, broken people, he's asking you right now, just show love for the love of Jesus Christ to your neighbor. Just a little pinch of love. 
You don't have to come to Belize to live that fully. You know that that, that same testimony brought me to my knees in SBC because I didn't know what the heck I wanted to do, how I was going to do it. But I was so in love with him that it is there that this thing about Belize camping experience started. And it was so simple. Belize changing Belize through the love of Jesus Christ. And since I was the first one to raise my hands, I'm a Belizean, then I got to live it out. So I went back to my country. Yes, I wanted to stay here, guys, because I had nothing to lose in Belize. But I went back to my country, and even though I didn't know how to go about doing it, God made a way. Belize changing Belize. I am a Belizean, guys. I am not a Guatemalan. And if it's going to take for me and my family to reach poor class, lower class, farmers, politicians, business people, to reach one more child with the love of Jesus Christ, I am going to do it. We are going to do it. Because I do not want to see a child going what I went through. Especially in single moms, in broken homes, kids are I can't even understand what my kids are going through in that city, guys. The murder rates are crazy. But if, but if we can save one, right, Abe? One. God says he's glorified. What I'm trying to say, brothers and sisters, is that I know you're passionate. I was passionate for the wrong things. Passion doesn't mean you have to be like me here Passion comes in different ways. I remember going back home and I got invited to go to Blue Creek and this very quiet lady, very quiet. She could not speak very good English. She could not speak very good Spanish, but she could speak Plotich. <laughs> and I came to visit and they invited me to their home. And it was the most awkward moment sitting on this table. She served me some nice Vranica, man. I, I'm not men on that, but man, I'm in Vranica, guys. I love it. And she says, good what you're doing. Every time I go to, to Blue Creek, that's the same family that invites me. I, they, have, they have opened the doors to the whole community. We work with the MMC Church and the Clan and Minor people. Every time I go there, I have to be careful because they have these little bananas. They have a, little, they have a farm, and they load me with apple bananas. <laughs> Guys, align your passion. Align your passion with Jesus Christ. He sets you free. What's your mission here? Devoted. What's it called? Devoted. Leading people to be devoted to be followers of Jesus Christ. You see, guys, God answered prayers. In, 2000, in 2010, guess who showed up in my life? My mom. I got to see my mom. And I got to experience a miracle that I was praying, little, little boy, God, I want to see my mom, I want to see my mom. And I remember being in Belize City and she was coming out of the airport and we couldn't recognize her. 
I'm, there's two of us, my brother and my brother says, I know she came. I said, man, she lied to us so many times, but we don't know her. And this was the most, most beautiful moment for me, guys. God answering my prayers. When she came out from that airport, and they were, you know, when people come to the airport, they're making a lot of nice. But this time, this lady came out, and she looked a lot like me. And there I say, Lord, thank you. Thank you so much so I could see my mom. At least my mom. I don't know who my grandparents are or my dad is. And my mom says, why are you not crying? Because the Lord, the Lord has healed my heart. I imagine, guys, I imagine that in that Passover, when Jesus Christ was there, and I read over that scripture, and it says right at the beginning of 42 that, that Jesus and Joseph was sacrificing the lamb at the Passover. And I believe that Jesus, I imagine, I imagine that Jesus had the sheep right here on his because he was helping, he was, he was now turning 13. And in, in the Jewish culture, it's kind of like the quinceanera. You know, when Anya gets 15, I'm going to throw a big party for her because she's from young. In the same Jewish culture they have, Jesus was moving from kid to a young man. And I believe, and I, I imagine Jesus holding that lamb. And he realized that he is the lamb that is going to get sacrificed for you and me. And something changed there. He gave everything, guys, so that we could understand God's love. And it is that same love that is so contagious that Jesus Christ had, that same love I have. And I am very sure there are people here in this church that are passionate. But it's the same group of people over and over. It's the same group of people over and over. You see, don't do ministry because you're a Christian and you need to do ministry. Don't get involved because people have to. No, guys. Someone said to me that passion is spiritual energy. And if you're not passionate for Jesus Christ, check yourself. Because passion brings purpose, and purpose brings plan in God, our Creator. So as you start this year, guys, you have big plans. This church has big plans for this community. Man, I can come and live here. There's a lot of guys to reach. You don't even have to go to Jamaica or to the Philippines. They're right here. It's so cool. There's a mission field here. It is Canada. Changing Canada. Amen? Leamington, changing Leamington. That's the most beautiful thing you could ever experience in your community. When you pick up your cross and say, Lord, I am passionate for you. And I know my purpose is to glorify your name. You do not have to wait to get to the lowest point of your life. For Jesus Christ to come into your heart. 
You don't. So if you're here today, talk to the pastors. Brothers, if you know someone is new here, invite them to your home. Don't let be the same people inviting people over and over again. And I want to finish with this. That when you find yourself flagging your feet, and I have those moments, I had a lot of those moments, and you don't know where you stand, and the devil is bringing all these negative thoughts, and you're just flagging, oh, I'm not a good person, I'm... and it just keeps on going. When you find flagging your feet, go back. Go back to Luke, Matthew, and read the story again. The story that changed humanity. Jesus Christ. He can set us free. If he did to me, he can do it to anyone too. Go, Limington. Change Limington. May God bless you. Go in peace.